The following program, Our Unique Tales, is a five-part series which is being funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland under the Sound and Vision Fund. This program deals with adult themes and may contain audio that some listeners may find upsetting and or unsuitable for children. Discretion is advised. Declan Flynn, an Irishman, attacked and killed in Fairview Park in Dublin in 1982. On the day of his murder, a gang known as the Rollers hid in the park. Their plan was to hide behind trees to rid the park of what they called steamers. On this September evening, their plan ended in a brutal murder. Declan Flynn was savagely attacked, beaten with sticks, had multiple kicks to the head, back and stomach. This man was killed and tortured for one reason, because he was gay. Declan's five killers were found guilty in a court of law in 1983, but were all given suspended sentences by the judge. This decision of a suspended sentence caused outrage amongst many Irish people from the gay community and beyond. It caused a protest march. It took Declan's murder and the legal system's belittling of it to finally make Irish people take a stand. Enough was enough. His murder was seen as the catalyst for the LGBTQIA pride movement in Ireland. This year, when you march in a pride parade, or you watch from the sidelines, remember Declan Flynn's name. This series is dedicated to Declan. Hello, I'm Ed Roach, a 33-year-old man from a small town called Mallow. It's in County Cork in Ireland. At the age of 31, after years of keeping my sexuality a secret, battling with shame, self-hatred, embarrassment, rage and mainly fear I pulled the courage out of somewhere and came out to my family as a gay man 31 years of living a lie finally came to an end for me in January of 2019 honestly it's been the most courageous thing that I've ever done and I've no doubt that some of my family and possibly even some of my friends are only figuring this out about me right now well there you have it I'm gay and I'm proud this series isn't really about me it's a series which features some inspiring LGBTQIA plus figures in Ireland each of these wonderful people will be telling their story of what life was like growing up in Ireland as an LGBTQIA plus person and what life is like now for them. In case you don't know what those letters stand for, here's a quick lesson. 
that's lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, or questioning, intersex, asexual, and the plus, well, that represents however you identify. This is not my story, it's our story. This is our unique tales. Meet Nikki Simmons. Nikki is a former international hockey player. She's also been inducted into the European Hockey Federation Hall of Fame. An Irish woman. A proud lesbian. Nikki now spends a lot of her time being an ambassador and advisor for LGBTQIA people in the sporting world. I had the pleasure of catching up with this sporting legend. Nikki began by telling me what life was like for her growing up. So yeah, I grew up in Wicklow actually, um, just south of Dublin. Um, and my parents uh, divorced when I was a baby, um, which so I was actually born in Stillorgan. Um, I was born in the Coombe, but I was born into Stillorgan, um, and I lived with my grandparents and my mum for six years um, because my parents had split up. And then my mum uh, remarried when I was six, and that's when I moved to Wicklow. Um, so that was a bit of a whirlwind time. I don't remember so much. I just remember the funniest part was meeting my family for the first time and my mom put me in a little, a little dress. And as soon as we, I mean, I got to the garden, I was up the up the walls with the, the boys. I was out in the garden because I had twin. They were twins. That my brothers, they were eight and I was six and, and they had a scaffolding there. And literally I was up that with my, with my dress on. I was like, oh my God, this is not my, my little daughter. And yeah, welcome to the family. Um, but yeah, it was great. Uh, I was six going into that family of, of four other kids. So it was a bit of a change um, and moved to Wicklow as well, as I said. So change school, everything like that. But I mean, it's been amazing. I, I, my, my stepdad has been awesome. The family were great. I felt like I just stepped in and everything was fine. So, um, and again, back then, like divorce was still pretty taboo. So it was quite a, a thing. So this is why I think diversity and inclusion is really part of my life because it, straight away it was like into that, you know, a diverse yeah. family, um, mixing up families and um, and things like that. So I think that's why it always comes through. And now, especially as I'm growing up, it, it's come through a lot. Um, so I went to school in Delgany National School and then I went to um, Wesley College in Dublin for secondary school. School can be a difficult time for any teenager, but even more so for those of us that don't fit the norm. But what were Nikki's school days like? And what about dating as a teenager? I always like always had a boyfriend. I always had always like always and longer ones as well. And I had a boyfriend for a long time in school from when I was 16 to 20, actually. And um, yeah, everyone thought that we were going to get married. And, and that was the end of that. And I mean, obviously, I loved him to bits, but it just wasn't, you know, something I knew there's something else. And and I stopped it at uh, at a moment where it was very difficult, I think, for, for him and for, for me as well, because I did love him a lot. But I just knew it wasn't right. Um, and, and yeah, there was, it was a bit tra- traumatic, I think for both, but um, that's when I really thought, okay, no, this is not right. So I guess I did have some 
thinking during secondary school and I was different to other girls as well like I was very sporty anyway and I think now it may be not as noticeable but like back then like being very sporty muscly strong was not really like um a normal thing for girls either like so many of my friends stopped playing sport in fifth and sixth year because they you know they wanted to concentrate their studies or boys or whatever it was but I was not like that I was like no sport is definitely something for me and and yeah I always did feel different going out you know in the 17 18 when you're 17 and 18 you start going out to to bars and things and I did feel a little bit different to to everyone I didn't feel like comfortable Uh, Mm -hmm. with myself so I I guess without knowing it that there was definitely something going on in my mind when was the moment that you realized oh crap I think (laughs) I'm a lesbian (laughs) um I think then like 2021 probably 21 22 that was it like I I met I went out with people like in in you know into into the big smoke into Dublin and uh went out with my my hockey team as well and we, we you know there was always a bit of still a bit taboo then like I'm I'm in 38 now so it was still like a little bit like I know one of my friends used to call the George the Purple Club like we're not going to the Purple Club was what she used to say we're like oh we'll just go and have fun and whatever and so we did go I think that was when I yeah I mean I ventured out with my my club and my hockey club um and they were a real real support for me and I think that opened up my eyes then and I felt so comfortable then. I felt I just loved it. I just felt so at home. And then even when I went with my straight friends out again, it was still feel uncomfortable. I still do now. I feel much more at home in a gay bar. Um so there's obviously something there, right? Um I just feel, yeah, it's just a different you're with your people, you're with you're able to really be yourself. Um I feel still in in in, in other clubs and bars you have to be you almost have to be someone else right I don't know just Mm. that's what it feels to me um so at that moment I just knew and then I felt then I was hanging out with people from the scene and um just felt again more and more comfortable with myself um and was really enjoying it I was still obviously um training a lot so I still had that like I was still different (laughs) because I was always different like I was into sports so especially in the gay scene, there wasn't many people that were into sport. They were more like going out at the weekends and they'd be like, what do you mean? You have to get up in the morning. I'm like, yeah, I have to get up and do this. And and, and they're just like, what are you doing? Just come out. And I'm like, yeah, it was hard. It was hard then to the peer pressure there. But <clears throat> I started going out with a girl for, and I went out with her for a long time, for six years. And she was brilliant as well. Like she told her friends, like, don't even ask Nikki to come out. Don't ask her to do anything. Don't ask her to go wherever she's got training. She's, you know, she's like that. So um, that was really helpful because I could have got sucked in, I'm sure, with, mm-hmm. with the wrong crowd and mm-hmm. uh, very easily, especially at the time in on the gay scene. I think it would have been very easy to, to get sucked into the wrong place. Um, so I'm very grateful for that. And my family, obviously, very supportive of me with everything so it meant that I knew I wasn't like trying to act out or anything like that so I I knew they were very happy and so I could continue with the way I was going with sport for example being in a relationship for six years was an incredibly long time but what did relationships with the same sex feel like for Nikki was it scary or did it feel as it should normal I think it felt very, very normal um, <clears throat> straight away. And uh, I was super happy straight away. I just knew that that's made me so happy. 
and don't get me wrong like I was obviously happy with with my boyfriend before I hope he's not listening and thinking that like we have a good relationship but um no it was just different and I knew it straight away I could feel it it was different um and and I didn't freak out actually the more the only thing I freaked out a bit bit was about you know him finding out or friends former friends that found out and because I suddenly just went away you know I was with new people and um although it was quite normal for me because I was again an athlete so I was traveling a lot I was not going to everything not going to parties not going to all weddings everything that was happening so it was quite normal but I still I think I moved away even more and had this new life or this new group of people um so I was more worried about that than me feeling uncomfortable I've started to feel very comfortable with myself um but it was yeah it was more about worrying about what other people thought which is generally the case as well right it's a really common feeling to have we all worry so much about what other people think but who actually cares we all know the people that are truly important to us for nikki it was her close friends and her family one of the first people that nikki came out to was her best friend. I remember feeling very nervous. And then I told her, I think we'd gone out and I was staying at her place. And the next morning I were having breakfast and I just told her and she was like, oh, cool. And I was like, okay, is that, are you sure? She's like, yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, she was, I was really nervous telling her because she was strange maybe. Yeah. <laughs> or I just didn't know how the reaction would be. But the reaction was good. And I, I find sometimes, <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't know, is it a human nature thing? Is it just for people part of our community? But we almost automatically assume the worst and we go to worst case mm. scenario in our heads. And it, mm-hmm. and more often than not, and of course there are cases where it, it can be bad, but more often than not, actually the response mm. is usually quite positive. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think, I don't know if you I do talk about religion side of things, but I'm, I'm Protestant. So she was Catholic. So I didn't think, not that it came up, but like maybe that was a thought in my head as well because uh, I never forget I went with my new car to her house and her mom came out with holy water and sprayed it on the car I was like what you want <laughs> so like she was pretty religious so I was like maybe that kind of stuck in my head like uh oh what's she gonna say um so also that's probably I don't know like maybe you don't want to bring up religion too much but potentially that's also a reason why I was more comfortable with my family as well and um, we were we were religious and like my parents went to church every Sunday. We used to go as well, but they were not like that. You know, it was like everyone can be themselves, you know. So I think that was also a reason why I, I was probably more comfortable coming out to, to many people, but especially my family. Um, I don't know if that's ever come up before, but potentially that's something that was was helpful for me. Coming out can be the scariest experience in the world but also the most rewarding. What was Nikki's coming out experience like when telling her family that she was a lesbian? Yeah, well, my mom actually, if I can remember correctly, again, it was a long time ago, but I don't necessarily think I said it straight to her. I think she said something like, are you with the girl now or something like that? I think I ran out of the room. I was just like, oh my God, shit, what happened to her? And what, what she just said, uh-oh, like what's going on? So, um... Yeah, I think it was her that they always know, parent mums especially, they always know. Uh, and then with my dad, obviously my stepdad then knew via my mum and my, my siblings. I can't remember telling them directly, but I remember them just saying, you know, we still love you. I remember my dad, actually, my stepdad saying that 
coming over and giving me a hug and be like we we love you and you can whatever <laughs> you know it wasn't necessarily that conversation but um and then my dad is a funny one so my my biological dad I hadn't spoken to him for a long time was in and out of my life and then um I was going to LA actually with my girlfriend at the time and we were stopping in New York so he lives in New York and my brother had just found me on Facebook. Facebook was coming, you know, everyone was finding each other on Facebook. And my brother was like, hey, are you my long lost hockey playing sister? And I'm like, yeah. And then we connected again, which is quite cool. Um, and he's like, right. I said, I'm coming to coming to the States, um, coming to New York on the way um, and to, to LA. And he said, well, you should call, you should call dad. And I'm like, well, he should call me. <laughs> you know, it was like this sort of, I still had that. We had this like love hate kind of thing going on. Um, I was like, okay, fine. I'll be the, I'll be the bigger person and I'll call him. And then I did call and I said, look, Hey, do you want to meet up in New York? And um, by the way, and he'd been to my birthday party, which was my 21st birthday. And uh, my boyfriend was there. So he had, you know, he knew he thought I was with a boy. <laughs> so, so basically then I was like, okay, but by the way, um, I'm bringing my girlfriend just said it like that. And he was like, okay, cool. And uh, then I found out there that he was gay too. And what was your reaction? <laughs> so I was like, all right, <laughs> cool. Um, I had met his partner before, but I just didn't know they were together um, when I was about 15. Um, so I didn't know anything about it. So basically, uh, it was we were having a drink or a cocktail and uh, that was when we discussed it. So, oh. so it, was, it was interesting. Yeah. Having a gay dad would come as a shock to Manny. But Nikki dealt with it in her own way. When she came out, what changed for her? If anything. What changed? I guess my my whole lifestyle changed. Um not my whole lifestyle, but I was I moved into Dublin. Um that's how my mom really knew because I was like always in living staying in Dublin and stuff like that. And she just knew something was different and um so I think that's how she found out, but uh, or thought about it. But yeah, I live. I moved into Dublin and with my girlfriend and her friend, and we had a great apartment in Smithfield. I mean, the the timing was the time was great. I had a great time there, and um, unfortunately, it didn't last uh, in the end. But I'll always, uh, you know, remember that relationship and also, uh, you know, the great times we had um, and how it helped me to become myself as well. And um, I, I was very I'm very grateful that I had that relationship as well, you know, because there's quite a lot of people who have quite rough in this first few years, you know, in and out of relationships. Maybe they get into the wrong relationship as well. And because it is so different for many people, you know, and it, some people think it's the right thing and then it's not. And then it's, it is emotional roller coaster sometimes. Um, and I was very, very, yeah, very lucky and to have a good group of people around me as well. And, and again, my, my hockey team and everyone was very, yeah didn't say anything about it and um yeah I think it, I, I was I'm very grateful for how it happened for me and I don't I and I know it doesn't happen the same for many many people so I don't want it to sound like it's easy or it was easy but it still wasn't because you still have that emotional part of it right it's like is it am I what and then once it happened I felt comfortable but yeah again I think I'm just very grateful for that time I had being an out and proud lesbian Nikki was living life authentically being herself. Sadly, though, in this country, homophobia still exists. Nikki chats about the homophobia that she witnessed 
in Ireland. He did get the odd thing in town because I was living in the city, right, and he, holding hands, and you did get the odd things every now and again. But for me, it was like, I didn't care. I was very proud straight away. You know, I was like, maybe after a year, then I was like, no, this is me and you're not going to tell me anything. And um, I was quite strong in that. I think I'm quite strong minded anyway um, on that side of things with confidence of it. Um, but yeah, I did hear about it, obviously, you know, especially being out in the George and you hear things happen after after hours, you know, and it's really sad that it still goes on. Um, but in, in sport, I think the only time was we did hear stories that some parents didn't want to send their kids to our club because there was too many gay gay people on the team or yeah hockey and cricket um so that's sad to think that as well <laughs> like that people think that sending their kids to the best hockey club or the best cricket club around and they're going to turn gay which is absolutely rubbish so um that's kind of the there's there's still i'm not going to say they're not they're not huge homophobic actions but they are still there's still discriminatory and and it's still it's still sad to think about it um that they weren't just looking at how good the team was and what we could offer as as athletes to their to their kids and and the way we go about ourselves like it doesn't matter what we do outside off the pitch like we were you know really strong fit athletes and female role models for 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 younger generations and to think that they didn't want to because just because we were gay was just really quite sad it's incredibly sad to hear that people behaved in such a manner when it comes to sport in this country there are very few out Irish sports stars at top level Nikki discusses sport and the lack of representation of LGBTQIA plus people in Irish sport. There's a lot of more out athletes or female athletes in football, for example. There's quite a lot in hockey too, but um, I think if you look at football, there's probably a lot more, or soccer. Um, <clears throat> but then, yeah, you look at GAA, I wouldn't know anyone <clears throat> apart from the... the No, there's no... I don't think I know m- many um, who would be saying it, you know, um, especially on the men's side of things. And that's the difference as well. There's a gender difference, um, which I did speak about when I first came out, <laughs> I came out again <laughs> live on TV. Um, but that was to, I think, to the public. Like, I'm sure people knew, but like, it was just kind of showing. And I felt a res- bit of a responsibility to to say it when they asked me to. I was like, yeah, of course, I'll come on and say it out loud, even though it's been for the last 10 years, whatever. Um, yeah, I, I think we, t- we spoke about that, the difference between men and women in sport, especially. Um, people have a feeling that, I guess... They're going to lose sponsors. They're going to lose, you know, the 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 teammates. Maybe will look at them differently. Changing rooms, all of these things that are in their heads as well. I think most of the time, as you said, it's quite a positive experience. Um, I know Donal Logue uh, said that he said that he had quite a quite a positive experience with his team. So I think it's more going out publicly for sponsors for things like that or even especially in GAA maybe the the counties and things like that probably a little bit more difficult um he had abuse at him as well you know from opposition which is not nice um and I'm so it's so cool that he has you know he's just come out against it because if that's what's stopping people I mean come on that it's it shouldn't be now at this day and age right Um, Mm and they're playing sport as well like what is what's that got to do with anything Mm -hmm. you know 
when it comes to sport, maybe, maybe this is a, a, an old stereotype, actually, that may not mm. be the case in 2021. But do you find that there often are stereotypes about girls who play sports? You know, that, oh, well, if a girl plays sports, she's a lesbian. You know, if a guy doesn't <laughs> play sports, then he's gay. You know? Um, do, would you agree with that? It's still, I think it's still there I think well it's a lot better because I think it was definitely around when I was when I was playing younger when I was younger and that's why I said like school people had stopped it didn't stop because they were being called lesbian but I think there's other reasons as well for women but um you're right like it's it's kind of and that's what happened when I came on TV I was like that's exactly what we spoke about was the fact that oh it's it's just a girl she's gay like it's fine whereas with Donald Ogue it was like oh he's a guy oh my god <laughs> wow how brave how amazing i'm like yeah but you know that yeah so there is that stereotype still for sure um it's got better though because i think in general you know we see a lot more female athletes in the media we see strong you know, strong women they want people to be stronger when i was you know, playing i was always very strong mostly which i loved I, like that was my favorite thing about it but a lot of people did a lot of girls didn't want to be uh muscly um but that's changed i think and that hopefully that has changed the stereotyping as well because it's it's making it a lot more mainstream i guess to be fit and muscly like i even like looking at my brothers now like they were never doing any fitness when they were in their 20s and now like they're 40 and they're like way fitter than me <laughs> like i was the athlete but so i think the whole like the whole the world has changed with their mindset for fitness as well, which is really great to see. Fast forward to present day. Nikki is all loved up. Now living in Switzerland with her partner, Sandra, I had to find out how they met. We actually met in Valencia, in Spain. So, uh, yeah, quite the globetrotters we are. <laughs> we met there and uh, hit it off and then... Um, yeah, and then it kind of blossomed from then. Like I, I was play, I was still an athlete, and met her there, and um, and then yeah, I I moved over to Switzerland um, in 2013, the end of 2013, after I finished retired um, from hockey. Well, I didn't really retire; I just kind of ran away. <laughs> and yeah, so then I came here to do to not just come to to be with her. Obviously, I wanted to be, but I had to find something else because it's not like I was moving to London where I could get a job in a bar if I had to like I don't speak French right so I had to find something and I found a sports masters here so I did that for the year and then again we 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 weren't sure you know whether it would last or whatever and we were very open from the start which I think definitely gay relationships are uh, much more open I think um like that and even when you think about my exes I can still like talk to them you know and Sandra's not like having a you know having a fit that I'm talking to them or whatever so um that's really great and we I came here and we like okay let's try it and then I I did the masters and then I started working and then I mean I've been here seven years now so we bought a house together last year um in France and uh yeah everything is going really well over here life is wonderful for Nikki now proof that love is love no matter what your sexuality we all deserve to be happy Nikki finally gives advice to anyone who may be confused or suffering right now with who they are. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, there's times you could be suffering a lot, so I don't know how you can... It didn't happen to me, so I'm very cautious of giving advice because I don't 
know what it's like but I know my dad obviously suffered a lot at times and um and there's many there's many men in particular come out after having family kids and <clears throat> then the divorce and then they suddenly come out like I've had I've heard many stories recently so I think this we're living in a better time I'm not saying it's perfect because there's many many things that are wrong right now if you look at the UK they're going backwards a bit with transgender rights um Switzerland's not exactly amazing either um but it's not the 80s it's not the 90s um you know don't don't feel like you <clears throat> have to get married have kids and, and be told what, what way you should go with your life you know if you're starting to feel it don't that was the one thing that from my experience and it was difficult at the time when I broke up with my boyfriend but I just knew I was like oh my god I'm not gonna get married have kids and then what happens I either gonna suffer myself internally because I feel there's something else or I'm gonna break up a whole family so maybe that's a way to think about it a little bit um uh are you sure it's right for you the you know the traditional man woman have kids that sort of way because I know what it's like to go through a family that's broken up but it's not nice <laughs> so do you want to do that that's exactly what happened in my head um I felt that because uh, I could have gone down that route um yeah. as I said she was quite taboo still then it was still like and everyone thought we were going to be the first married you know out of the school and or out of that year and um I just said no you know it was very hard I think everyone is on their own journey as well I think you have to remember that that don't you don't need to rush it um, you can take your time. I mean, I had a friend who only recently came out at 40 because um, he felt comfortable, finally felt comfortable because he had the people around him that helped him to do that, you know. Um, so I think that's something you need to think about is who the people are around you, that if it does go badly, you've got great people around you that can help and to help you through it. Like try not to do it alone. Try and at least tell somebody um, that you can trust Um which is not always easy either, but build a relationship that you feel um, you can trust somebody, at least one person, and then they, they can help you with the next steps. Um, but yeah, it, it, you're all on our, we're all on our different journeys. Um, and when we're comfortable, you'll know, you'll know, you know, it gets better. You'll know when a time is right. I think that's probably the thing. Don't be trying to rush it um, and just make sure you're ready for it because you'll have the good and the bad. I mean, I was, again, grateful that I had, mostly good but you will probably have some bad things as well so just be ready for that so there there are moments that you'll you'll it will click and you'll go okay it's the right time and even if it's when you're 40 when you're 60 or whatever um but you, you will miss out a lot I think if you wait that long but um you know again it's it's personality and 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 when you're ready you'll know the time I think that's what I have to say I couldn't agree more when you're ready, you will know. There never is a right age to come out. I was 31. And honestly, I never thought that I could do it. I had visions of me just living a lie for the rest of my life. A single life. Until the day that I die. Thankfully, for me, something just clicked. I had enough. So whether you're 16 or you're 60, you'll know when the time is right, trust me. Seek help and do absolutely everything 
on your terms and nobody else's. Be kind to yourself and give yourself all the time you need. Thanks for listening. These are our unique tales. If you've been affected by any of the issues raised in this episode, please visit the SPIN website for further information and resources or contact the National LGBT Helpline at lgbt.ie or call one 929953 Our Unique Tales is a five-part series which is being funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland under the Sound and Vision Fund. This is SPIN. SPIN.